Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com and find them all. Or join our Discord and talk with us like we're people or something by finding an invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For $20, we'd say your name here. We'd give you a high five. We'd tell you how great you are. All you have to do is go to nerdandtie.com, click on the sponsor information, and follow the instructions. Instructions exist to help you and I. Or you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, yeah, we're going to be talking about conventions and COVID safety again. Modoc premiered on Hulu, and we've all seen at least the first three episodes, so we're going to talk about that a bit. We're going to let Gen talk about Eurovision. Nick and Gen are going to let me talk about Army of the Dead, and of course, the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. All this and whatever else we end up talking about on this episode of Nerd and Tie. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me, as always, are the wondiferous Nick Izumi. Good morrow, friends. And the ever-persevering and sometimes still here, Gen Proc. It's been a month, guys. Yep. <laughs> it's it yeah, it definitely has been. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I so 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 here's something annoying. I have mm. going through my head um from the the first Venom movie from the Eminem song, just this one part of the Eminem song from the end just a Venom Venom just going through my oh head. yeah just every once in a while i was it's just my brain goes venom venom and i'm like thanks venom. i don't i don't need this in my head it's, oh yeah you do it's it's un no i don't i mean don't get me wrong i loved that movie and i'm excited for the sequel even if they're annoyingly just going to put that in theaters and not on demand but um yeah we've been spoiled this year with on-demand movies yeah, a little bit. Oh my god. That's so nice. Like, and I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I'm I'm fully stoked to like I'm fully vaccinated. Krista's fully vaccinated. We're gonna go out to the drive in a bunch this summer. Like, I'm mm. gonna see Black Widow on a big screen, a giant screen. <laughs> but like I don't I, I for some reason I want that choice. <laughs> like if if anything that you know, it's movie theaters can survive as an experience, but I don't want to go unless I like. Because I'll tell you, like I, you know, Godzilla vs Kong came out before I was vaccinated, right? So, um, at least before I was fully vaccinated, uh, and so like I wasn't gonna go see that in the theater, but I really missed being. And that is the that was the first movie in the current uh, legendary monster movies that I literally did not see to drive in movie theater. You know, and it was a little disappointing to watch it on my TV. And so I, I 
I don't plan it that way, but I, the ones with Kong in them, I keep ending up only seeing on TV. Like I, I don't, I don't plan for it. It's just in one case, I was super broke when Skull Island came out, and then there was, you know, the literal plague when yeah. uh, Godzilla versus came out. So it's like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I'm I'm excited for for to see movies big again. You know, it's, even that's the thing is it's like I like going to the drive-in. And I don't even care if I'm excited about the movie or not. Like I wasn't excited about Venom the movie before I went and saw it, but I saw it at the drive-in and oh my god, I love that movie. I would have never given it a shot in regular theaters. You know, I had no intention of seeing Venom. A friend of mine uh, from Northern Illinois drove up to Janesville that summer and forced me to see it. <laughs> Oh, that's a true story. Venom, Venom. Not summer, late fall. Anyway, the point is my wife and by extension, the car were not in the state of Wisconsin that weekend. And my friend drove up to Wisconsin specifically to force me to see it. That is a good friend. <laughs> that's a good friend. This is a very okay. good friend. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we do have to move on to our first story here tonight, and uh, it's we need to talk about conventions and COVID safety mm-hmm. again. Now, it's our stand here at Nerd and Tide that you probably should not go to conventions right now. Um, if you're fully vaccinated, it might be okay, but you know I prefer to exercise an abundance of caution. Um, like if you're fully it- vaccinated, it's probably fine, but. If you're fully vaccinated, you will likely be okay. No guarantee that it won't do something to someone else, though. Right, right. That's my take on it. Right, so it's like, but there was a convention, and so the problem is that I haven't confirmed enough with this story to feel comfortable naming the convention. But I thought it was a big enough deal that I should bring it up because I think there's a question of ethics in con running that comes along with it. So there was a convention (laughs) earlier this spring, it's been a little while since it happened. Um, this is a this convention. Um, there was a leaked private conversation between one of the staff members and someone else. The the one of the reasons why I'm not really able to confirm as much of this as I'd like, and which is why I'm not naming the convention involved, is because I have been unable to confirm the name of the staffer or the name of uh, the person they were talking to. I have confirmed with the convention that this conversation was real. Um, Mm. Because I did reach out to them, hoping to get more information than I got. Uh, But this person, in a conversation a week after the convention, uh, was telling a friend that they had tested positive for COVID. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, that they had thought it was like a reaction to the vaccine, but it turned out, no, it was COVID. And, uh, you know, they were they were going to isolate for two weeks and all that. But um, now here's where we get into rumors and tales, which is why, again, we are not mentioning the name of the convention that, you know, was involved here. Right. Because. Mm -hmm. That would be irresponsible in case I'm wrong. <laughs> um, anyways, 
So this has been passed around some vendors, and um, a couple of vendors have since tested positive for COVID since this convention. And this is a convention that, in theory, had safety precautions in place and masks and and all of that. The convention says that um, says that the uh, the the, vol- the volunteer in question. They refer to this person as a volunteer again. I can't confirm the, the name of the person. No one has given me the name of this person. Um, mm. But but the the convention confirmed that a volunteer contracted COVID. They say they claim they they contracted COVID a week later from their place of employment. Um, that's not the story that's being passed around by people though. And I can say that immediately following the convention, that a couple of vendors ended up testing positive. I I know of at least two, for a fact. Um. Now, honestly, now the convention has made no public statements. Like, the only reason why they said anything to me is because I reached out to them directly in a private message. Um, Now, they have made no public statements about anybody having COVID at the convention. They have sent no warnings because here's the thing. Even if this Stafforden, there are vendors who are saying that they have tested positive for for COVID since attending this convention, right? And they have yeah, not great. And the convention claims that it happened at this person's place of work, but they have no way to verify that. You can have this for a couple of weeks before you even know it, right? So they claim the convention is claiming that he contract like it's possible he didn't he isn't the that this particular staffer isn't the person who got people sick at the con but it is possible that actually this person got sick at the con and uh and i'm gonna tell you the reason why i'm not super like trusting of everything that this convention says is because in their actual message to me uh, they said, uh, after saying that everyone's safety was important, that this person contracted a week after uh, at their place of employment, and due to HIPAA laws and the manner of which this information was obtained from a private chat which contains someone's personal health information, we can't speak further on the matter. Thank you for your inquiry, and if you'd like to... Cl- and then they talked about collaborating with us for a podcast. So, first off, that's not how HIPAA works. That's not how HIPAA works. That's, right. That is definitely not how HIPAA works. All right. So I am, and I can say this as a person who has worked in the health and health insurance industry for like 12 years. <laughs> like it's not, that's not how HIPAA works. You are not, HIPAA only applies like if, like to medical providers, insurance companies, and other such entities to, you know, that to design, protect specific PHI and medical records. Like if HIPAA, uh, by the way, if HIPAA applied to them, they wouldn't have been able to legally confirm to me that one of their people had COVID. Right. Right. So, like... um, duh. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I said, uh, like the only way the HIPAA would apply is if they were like literally providing him his insurance. They also like said that it, it would violate the privacy act of 1974. The privacy act of 1974 only applies to federal agencies not to anybody else. And the American Disabilities Act, this is not ADA related at all. And like and they like felt I literally ended up writing them like this multi-paragraph thing back explaining what the how wrong they were. I was like, I just need to explain to you how you're wrong. Like d- d- I'm not trying to get you to talk more about this. I just need to tell you you're wrong. Um <laughs> 
because oh, but geez. but and and also they had Vic Mignogna as a guest. So uh, charming. Just, no, Mm-mm, don't like that. So I'm just like, I don't like. I feel like it's a responsible if you're if you're a convention. Right, and you have a volunteer or a staffer test positive for COVID like a week after. You can't be sure that it came from their place of work, right? And if you've got mm-hmm. other vendors, it is the responsibility of a convention. It is, it is like it is their duty to their attendees and vendors to inform them that something has happened. And it's frustrating that this organization hasn't, and that they have taken such a flippant response you know mm-hmm. it's yeah, it, yeah. Well, i mean it's the whole thing how do you even contact trace it's part of why i'm so opposed to these things happening right now yeah. in exactly the first place. exactly like w- putting on a convention especially now <laughs> like this year um well, it's like I think like, sometimes it can be done. Like BlurredCon, I think is taking is doing it in, like by requiring vaccination for every single attendee. Yeah. And every single that's vendor like the, at every like that's they. That's they, like the <laughs> the appropriate way to do it <laughs> for like, sure. If like, you're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But and, like yeah, you've got to know like how many times have we said this like. You go to a convention, you get the con plague. Like, you get sick. Yeah. Like, you, you have to understand um, the risks that you are inherently putting your attendees and your participators in. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's it's a rough spot. And, I mean, like, I... on And on one hand, I definitely get it, especially people whose primary bread and butter is, you know, being a vendor... This is, (laughs) some of them might feel they don't have a choice but to show up to these things. But when attendees and the runners are being this irresponsible, that could get them in even more trouble. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, like, it's, I'd be looking at my contract if I was some of these people because it's, Like, you have to ask yourself, like, is this a potential lawsuit? Mm. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I'm sorry, but yeah, the, this is not something that you that, that you sneeze at. This is... I'm not saying it's impossible to run, like, a con in in this but you would need to be a lot more responsible and it couldn't be like a hardcore party con so and frankly maybe that is impossible because i just people are so hard up for conventions it's going to be nuts for a while mm-hmm. yeah i'm I, i'm not saying that i don't envy anyone who has to work security at con raves Starting next year, oh my god. probably yeah. this year, but it's going to be gross. Oh my uh, god! Bring a black oh light. god! Bring yeah. a black light. That's all I'm saying. Oh god! It's so it's there's a. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah, uh, there's a there's a small team unofficially called the No Sex Patrol at No Brandcon <laughs> these days, uh, whose job it is to make sure that uh, the rave remains family friendly, not fa- family making. Mm-hmm. If only we had those back in the day. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh. God, it's so gross. Um, <laughs> it really, really is. God, it's so, yeah, I'm just going to be glad that the hotel where we run No Brand Con has removed couches from certain areas. Because even though it was a nice place to relax, it means I don't have to worry about things happening there at two in the morning. Gross. It's so gross. You will find extremely things. gross. Look, it's gonna be like honestly, like, well, it's gonna be the weirdest fucking thing. Pardon my language, because we're gonna have pun intended. Well, yeah, no, nah, not uh, <laughs> pun accidental. Oh. Because uh, you're gonna get, they're gonna be. There are two types of people right now: the people who have spent the last, like you know, year and whatever, um, uh, like not used to being around people anymore, and who are gonna be like totally shell shocked and like overstressed and overstimulated when they end up in a room full of people, and then there are the people who are, um, the opposite of that. <laughs> Uh huh. And have yeah. just been, um, like a coiled spring. That's yeah. the most non-grossed way I can say that. <laughs> yeah. And they have been wound too tight. Uh, and it's just all yeah, tension and release, and it's uh, it's, it's gonna be weird gonna be so weird y'all okay but can we talk about a different weird thing no yes yes we can uh (laughs) speaking of weird modok premiered on hulu uh (laughs) now again and i've both uh only gotten through the first three episodes have you watched the whole season yet nick no i'm at i think episode six okay so i'm a little bit further along um and um, full disclosure, I'm a big... Okay, episode seven, excuse me. Uh, I'm a big Patton Oswalt fan. So when I heard Patton Oswalt was playing the um, second hardest uh, to take seriously Marvel villain, <laughs> for me anyway, uh, I was pretty excited. Um, I'm still not sure how I... F- you know, seven episodes in, I'm still not sure how I feel about the robot chicken uh, animation style, but uh, oh, I like it. It made me laugh a few times. Mm. I like it. Yeah, yeah, and I will say, like, the performances in it are really good. Like, yeah, um, yeah, they but, are. It's I'm I'm definitely like, I am I am having a good time. Um, yeah, I remember. Like, I'm trying to remember. Uh, the first time I encountered Modoc in the comics. Hmm. Oh, I'm just confirming something. I I remember him. Here's the thing. I weird confession. 
I was always peripherally aware of MODOK because I was a Marvel kid. I read a lot of, yeah. you know, Marvel comics growing up. I watched the X-Men cartoon and the Spider-Man cartoon. Like, he showed up peripherally. But I think the first actual MODOK appears as a main character in this comic comic I ever read with him in it was hilariously enough one of his early Jack Kirby appearances when I was going through 60s Captain America. Um, and he was still kind of a big deal. And, uh, you know, Jack Kirby wanted me straight-facedly to take this guy very seriously, <laughs> which I still haven't been able to do. I'm uh, sorry, Jack. Please forgive me. I'm trying to remember if my first encounter was actually MODOK or if I encountered MODAM first. It's and it's interesting because like the show's been getting kind of it, it seems like a lot of places are kind of lambasting it. And I, I don't know. That feels a little unfair. I. I'm having fun with it. No, it's really funny. It's really, it's really enjoyable. Fun yeah. Funny, it's, yeah. Who's, who's not digging MODOK? Uh, basically half the Internet. Well, they're dumb. <laughs> yeah, let loose a little bit. It's uh. It's been the I'll admit what is uh, hilarious for me, though, is that I've also been watching the DuckTales reboot on and off and uh, Modoc's son, Lou, uh, also plays Louie on uh, the DuckTales reboot. So it's fantastic. Ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. It's a lot of They purposely put his character in a blue sweater. Because to reference like Louie and also to reference Sonic and just pretty yep. much always always playing characters in blue. I, I can live with that. That's good. I like that. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm I mostly uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more. There's a really good. Uh, I'm trying to remember in those first three episodes. Did you guys get to the bar with no name yet? Because that no. was probably no, one no. Of the so the episodes. the three episodes I've seen the first yeah I've seen the first three. So the first episode, the introductory episode. The second episode is the time travel one, which has gotten third eye blind stuck in my head for days now. And um, <laughs> and then also then the the one where he takes his daughter to the conference. Okay, yeah, it's the the very next episode. There's a really there is a there is a hangover style episode where Modoc tries to throw a crew together from uh, like F list super villains, okay. and it, it's a lot of fun. I really liked that episode. Yeah, it's I really like the cast on the show is great. It's you've got uh, mm -hmm. Lucifer's Amy Garcia playing Jody. You've got uh, Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine Nine playing the daughter. We've got Ben Schwartz. John Hamm is Iron Man, just showing up. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that like they're like I know Nathan Fillion shows is gonna show up later in the season, and uh, like John Daly's playing Super Adaptoid. Ooh. Which, by the way, pulling out Super Adaptoid. <laughs> pulling out Super Adaptoid, but also turning him into a punchline, like instead of being the guy with all of the Avenger powers. Yeah. And instead he's just this sad robot. <laughs> oh, is that the sad, like, 
he he's the blender and the toaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He in uh because in the uh, uh in the uh, comics he's basically uh, Marvel's answer to Amazo, as in a robot that has the powers of that can steal all the powers from uh, everybody else. Oh. So. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Uh. So I just I had to check because I was trying to remember it. And no, uh, the the first comic that I ever read that Modoc was in literally was his first appearance. It was oh wow, T- Tales of Suspense '94. If this be Modoc, it it was a Captain America issue. Mm. So, well, I always associate him with Captain America. Yeah, he's that was a weird time for Captain America because like it was it was Modoc. It was the Red Skull, or it was my main man, Batrock the Leaper. 60s cap was nuts. Well, it's, I think, like, I mean, the first time I encountered Modoc was, like, in a 90s comic, so that's why I'm... I think. Like, it had to be late 80s, early 90s. Like like I said, I was always peripherally aware of him, but I think, think the first comic I actually read where he was, like, a main focus was hilariously enough his first appearance because well, I was it's like I'm trying to remember like what comic it was actually I was actually reading where I encountered because I just have a couple of random Captain Americas and US agents in my closet somewhere. Mm. Um because I used to uh there was a weird thing that they did at uh I think it was actually at Walgreens used to do like this like grab bag of like three random comics and like it was blind you couldn't see what they were. And it was oh, you still was... see that sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, enough. I mean, it was back when Walgreens used to carry comics. Okay, yeah, that this that is... does date it. <laughs> yeah, um, and so you know, if I if it was on a week where I had my allowance and there wasn't a new issue of Batman out, I would uh, go grab one of those sometimes, and you know, end up with three random things that I'd never read before. <laughs> that's, you, know, you used to be able to just like pick up a random issue of something and just like not have to like you could just jump in on random comics and you'd just have a full story there and you wouldn't have to worry about like collecting like the six other issues or whatever mm-hmm. not to get too far off track but i gotta mention it because a few people were sharing this really god-awful article that I think Comic Book Resources shared this morning that was talking about how uh, the manga Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba is uh, selling better than American comics right now. And they were doing all this, like, just dunderheaded theorizing of why is... Why are these uh, Japanese books selling so much better? And like the the obvious answer is because it's easy to know where to start and end. Yeah. Where where yeah. do you start? Where do you start Demon Slayer? Demon Slayer book one. Where do you start Captain America? Ah, uh, frick if I know. And I'm the Captain America guy. Well, here's the, like here's the problem. Here's the problem with um with the way things are. It's like we have this weird. It used to be. It used to be like you could just grab a random issue of something and jump in and maybe you'd miss a couple of references. But if you started near the beginning of 
you know anything like you would just be able to catch up right like i mm-hmm. i read spite i start you know i started reading amazing spider-man comics like i had watched spider-man cartoons as a kid and i just randomly started reading spider-man and it happened to literally you know it happened to be the beginning of the clone saga i think was like what i like i had read a couple issues before but i think that's when i started like seriously like reading every issue of amazing spider-man can't mm-hmm. remember it was either clone saga or maximum carnage or something like it, it was the 90s um and but you could just pick up the book right right and and like the the drawback to that kind of writing is everything occurs to the status quo eventually so other people can just pick up the book but and so but here's the problem with modern comics is that you have neither it is both too complicated to jump in but they're still determined to return to the status quo so, yeah, so it's both confusing there's, and there's no character development over time. Yeah, so like even if there is a really cool uh, shift in status quo, don't worry. It doesn't matter how good or cool it is. They're going to go back on it anyway. Yeah. So why even get invested? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah you know, and as, as someone who started collecting like later on in their in their life like i've i've just come to terms that my collection of comics is just kind of random like here's this one and then here's this one and maybe if i get lucky i'll find a consecutive one (laughs) (laughs) and then i have two of the same and it's like (laughs) oh yeah so yeah i'm enjoying modok it's good if yes, you, it's, same. it's a it's a goofy comedy and that's what it, you should expect because it's it's super villain robot chicken super villain family sitcom i really like it and it makes me giggle i yeah I I don't know. I've seen a lot of complaining and I kind of don't get it. I just think it's I think it's really charming and funny and sometimes extremely gross, but in a in a good way. Yeah. I mean, that's the advantage to being, you know, claymation those that can get gross. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. So that's that's Modoc everybody. That's Modoc. And that's now... our Modoc. And now we like again talk about Eurovision. Okay, and... so <laughs> Eurovision 2021 just happened. Um, we just had the finale like a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> I've been following Eurovision um, for the past couple years. Um, it's very fun. If you don't know what it is, it's a European um, song contest where um, each musical act is performing um, and they're representing a country. So it's all these countries competing each other, yeah. competing with each other musically. Yeah. And it's so, yeah, it's, it's not like, um, it's not like, like the same competition you're used to. It's the, like the groups, the singers, like they actually like are usually, are some, you know, yeah. So, each country selects the act that they're going to put forward for Eurovision in their own way. Mm-hmm. Some do their own song contest. Sometimes they just pick someone, but they, they put up an entry and this is like the actual performer. And what's competing is not the performer, but what's competing is the song. 
Yep. Um, so and, each performer plays the same song for each. Yeah. However far they get. Yeah. So, um, I think you know. Look, there was a whole movie with Will Ferrell to explain this to you people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go watch that. It's um, it, it it the song the original song one of the original songs from that movie got nominated for an Oscar, and I think they got robbed. But like, well, you would have appreciated um, it during the judging. There was a nod to the movie. Yeah. Um, but Mo- um, Molly Sandon, who did Rachel McAdams' voice, singing voice in that film, is just she's a powerhouse. Yeah, the um, the dude for Iceland who was um, Dottie Freyer. No, actually, okay. um, it was during the judging, where they were mm-hmm. giving out the the judging points for each country, um, and they always like are like, oh, it's this person from whatever country, and. And the person from whatever country is like, oh, and our country's 12 points go to these people. Yeah, right, right, and right. For for those who don't know, the the points system and how the judging works is really complex <laughs> and really crazy. It's really weird. Um, but the, the Icelandic dude who was going to s- tell everyone... Um, who Iceland's judging um, were going to give the 12 points to, he was just like, Iceland gives 12 points to Yaya Ding Dong! <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great little nod to the movie. So, so, so one, of the, one of the beautiful things about Eurovision is it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very fun. It's very lighthearted. Um, it's also very flashy and sparkly and neon and flamboyant and it's it's nuts. It's a wild ride, y'all. Yeah. No. <laughs> um I I I've never actually like I don't actually ever bother watching the actual competition because I don't really care who wins, but I I will quite frequently go back and listen to songs from Eurovision afterwards. Yeah. Like um And you can you can find the performances and the music videos yeah. for all the songs like on YouTube. Well, it's I mean, like many people uh in the United States, uh I was exposed to Eurovision at first through memes um with yep. uh the Sunstroke Project song uh Runaway, also known as the the origin of the Epic Sax Guy meme meme. Epic Sax Guy. I mean, that's that, that guy, that's like a decade old. Um <laughs> And he's performed, I think, at least twice. And this year, um, yeah, he was the dude who, yes, he's Moldova, um, Moldovan. Well, yeah, they've they've competed more than once. Like I know that I've seen, like I've I've seen like another one of their entries from, like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll, Epic Sax guy um, was the announcer for Moldova's judging points, <laughs> so that was very good. So like it's obviously like we didn't Eurovision didn't happen last year, um, no. And uh, like, which is too bad. But but they had like pretty much all the all the performances like picked out. Right. No, all the songs were picked. Like they were ready. All to, the songs like, were yeah. picked. 
So it's like, I mean, that was the the, the big thing last year was like Dothi Freyr from Iceland um, was one of the, had one of the more favorite songs last year with Think About Things. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I think it's disappointing that uh, the Eurovision Song Contest didn't let people enter songs that were originally destined for the 2020 contest um, mm-hmm. into this because uh, part of the rules of Eurovision is that the song has to have been written within a certain time period. So, like, just so you don't get, like, people re-entering old songs <laughs> or, you know, like, here's a song that was a hit 20 years ago. We're going to enter that. No, it's, so right. it has to be, like, a new, fresh thing. Um, and, so, and so Eurovision decided not to let those songs in her and because think about things um is probably is is a freaking masterpiece um but iceland did send uh dothy Freyr again and um so with uh then they just like they didn't hold the contest they were just like decided that they were going to send dothy Freyr no matter what um and i think he placed fourth he did yep he fourth. did with 10 years which is a good song it's not as good as think about things but you know that's a once in a career song it's so you know it's 10 years is a good is a good track i'm not dissing it i like yeah. it a lot um a fun thing and a not which is kind of a ref i don't know if it's an intentional reference to the eurovision movie or just that only so many people live in iceland mm. but if you watch the um if you watch the music video for 10 years uh uh, Dati and Gaknamagnan, uh, the the fictional band that because his the band that performs with him on stage is not a real band. Uh, it is just yeah. a bunch of his friends. Well, the the backup singers are doing real backup singing. His sister and then um, I f- I forget the name of the the other woman uh, who's the other backup singer. Um, but uh, they. They have the in the music video. Dathi is you know they it's kind of like a giant you know robot versus kaiju fight in the thing, but they're in a Power Rangers esque thing. Dathi Freyr is contacted by the quote unquote mayor of Iceland, and the actor who plays the mayor of Iceland played the head of the song contest for Iceland in the Eurovision uh, movie. And I don't that's... and I honestly don't know if that's a reference or if it's just that there are only so many actors in Iceland. Yeah, I don't know. Could be either. Because Iceland Could is be not both. a big country. <laughs> That's what they want you to think. I mean, it's literally uh, 356,991 people as of 2019. Oh. So just under 357,000 people. It is like so, like there are only so many actors in Iceland. I literally only ever check in on Latvia because I have some, uh, I have some pride in my heritage. So, so who won Eurovision this year again? Um, um, so for the first time in thirty years, it's been thirty years since their previous win, Italy. Um, took this year's Eurovision. Let me find. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess. Maneskin um, won with the song Ziti Eboni. Okay. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet. I will have to do that. I really, really like it. Um, they were they were one of my favorites from the start. 
um, along with Ukraine. Um, I really like Cyprus too. There's a there were a bunch of them that I really and of course Iceland, duh. Yeah, the Ukraine group is the same group that also can like was in 2020. Um, also would have been at. Like I haven't heard I I've listened to only part of Ukraine's 2021 song the the Goa or however you mm-hmm. pronounce that name, but I I really like the 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 song that group put out for uh, Eurovision 2020. So I'm gonna have to. She's got such a really interesting voice. I know. I really like um, their song for this year. It's called Shum, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that is the. Mm. Yeah, I've only listened to part of it. I haven't listened, gotten a chance to sit down and listen to the whole song yet. It's, I'm, like, it's, it, my playlists are going to have to expand for, you know, then go through and, you know, find what, you know, and maybe mm. some of these won't stick on a playlist, but, uh, you know, some something always does. Like, to this day, you know, it, it's it's been a few years since they entered it, but, like, Kino's Spirit in the Sky just goes through my head. Um but yeah, I mean, but. this year, this year was a very good year for um, Eurovision. We had <laughs> we had some the usual like crazy stuff, yeah, including something that'll be something that it like is surprising everyone. Um, Florida <laughs> participated. What? How did Flo yeah. Rida participate? Um, he f- was featured in a song, um, for San Marino. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was really really cool because um, I was watching the the finale with my couple of friends who had not been following your like the thing like I was, and so like they had no idea. Yeah. And then like he comes out and they're just like Is that Florida? That can't be Florida. That's Florida. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Sure is. Yeah. Oof. It's it's very fun. And so it so Italy won, which uh for which means that Italy's gonna have to host it <laughs> next year. Because, exactly. Because yep. the winning country the country that wins then hosts uh the, yes. the following. Unless they're incapable of hosting it. It is true that like if a country can't do it the they can say no when someone else will host it but uh yeah it looks like uh it's gonna be in italy next year which really makes no difference because to those of us here because we're not gonna go uh nope, we're gonna we're gonna watch it online and yeah. the interesting thing this year is that it was streaming on peacock really yeah the the semifinals and the grand final were all streamed on Peacock. So I apparently that is the kind of official streaming service for Eurovision. Yeah, I'm not going to use Peacock. Um. <laughs> yeah. It you know it. What does it say that this is that is the streaming service, the only place where I can watch AP Bio. And I still refuse to pay for it. Yeah, pretty much. I love it's, AP Bio. Like, I was I so disappointed when AP Bio became exclusive and like you, like you could only watch the first episode on a free account because, like, when 
when Peacock first was announced, I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. If you've got a free account, you can just watch stuff with ads, and I'm willing to put in the effort for that. And, you know, I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed watching the second Psych movie, and, like, and then I was like, oh, I can't, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm paying for so much other stuff, Peacock, and also I can watch the regular NBC shows on Hulu. Because contractually, mm-hmm. you can't pull out of Hulu yet because of Comcast buying Un- NBC Universal. So you you hide one of your best shows behind a paywall. Yeah, I, it, it's stupid. There's nothing smart about it. But you know well, what else it's is stupid? The reason starting they... your own separate streaming service yeah. and killing the only thing that made streaming services worthwhile. Well, I will say, like, so the reason why that, like, I, I understand the reasoning that if you're launching a streaming service, you'd put AP Bio on it because it didn't get huge ratings, but it has a loyal fan base. And so those are the people who only are, in theory, willing to pay for a thing. But the problem is it's not enough of a value add. And so we'll just get sad that we can't watch the one show we like. Yeah, because, you know, putting a show with a with a vocal but small cult following behind a paywall has always worked out well. That's why DC Nation is still a streaming service. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Possible but it became it worth it, it. Look, I accessed those DC shows all became worth it once uh, once HBO Max came out. Because that was yeah. actually worth it. Because you just pay the same amount that you used to pay for HBO. But but that's exactly the thing. HBO Max has enough content on it that warrants paying that monthly fee. DC streaming service absolutely did not. Yeah. Like, hard did not. And this is coming from someone who thoroughly enjoys Young Justice, Doom Patrol, and that Swamp Thing show that was wrongfully canceled. All yeah. of those were A plus TV. Still didn't make it worth signing up for the streaming service. All right. So speaking of streaming services yeah. and moving yeah. us out of that rant, uh, Nick again agreed to let me talk about Army of the Dead, which is yeah. a movie that came out this last weekend on a streaming service, Netflix. Boom. Hello, Zachary. Yeah, it is directed by Zack Snyder. In many ways, it's the uh, it's it's the culmination of it's it's pretty much in many ways the movie that Zack Snyder wanted to make after the first Dawn of the after his remake of Dawn of the Dead. Not the first, definitely the second Dawn of the Dead, because it was the remake. Um, and surprisingly, I gotta tell you, it's a fun movie, guys. Hmm. It's okay. I mean, it's it's a really interesting mashup of a zombie movie and a heist movie. Um, it's not in continuity with his previous zombie film. Uh, the setup for the movie probably for the better. The, you start the setup of the movie is that a small zombie apocalypse pretty much wiped out Las Vegas, but they contained it. Oh. And the U.S. government is planning on nuking Las Vegas. Uh, but uh, Dave Batista is hired by this uh, casino owner who uh, there is like $200 million in a vault in one of the casinos. And even though insurance has already paid out all the money for it, he hires Dave Batista to put together a crew to rob his own vault in the middle of a zombie-infested Las Vegas before okay, the nuke gets Okay, that does sound there. fun. Now, 
it is in many ways the spirit of most zombie movies, so don't get attached to any characters. Because <laughs> uh, um, 90% of the cast is not making it to the end of the movie. Just if you if you see them on screen, I bet you they're dead by the end of the film. But um, it's it's actually like genuinely entertaining. Um, there are kind of two kinds of zombies in the city. There are uh, like the standard slow moving zombies, but the the way the zombie outbreak starts is with the military experiment escaping and kind of anyone who was turned by the original zombie, like the like the military experiment, those are smart, fast zombies. Oh. They kind of have their own society. And so uh, it's, it's, it's nice and complicated and dangerous and fun. And there's a zombie tiger. Um, oh. Yeah. So it's, it, it's genuinely, it's genuinely actually a pretty entertaining zombie flick. It's, and, uh, the way it's set up, there's not really any time for Zack Snyder's politics to get involved. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's that's a very important thing because that's uh, usually my sticking point with the guy. Yeah, it's it's there's not really any and Randy in politics in here at all. I mean, just besides the fact that the characters are trying to get rich themselves, but that's like normal greed you know it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're hired to do a job but so it's really fun an interesting thing about this movie is that one of the cast members of the film is Tignas Haro Tignas Haro who uh you know you you might know her from her successful stand-up career or being on Star Trek Discovery um as one of the best characters in Star Trek <laughs> agreed like I'm sorry like it's between Tignatar's character, uh, whose whose name is Jet, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I love I love Tignataro as yeah. It, but uh, but like between between Tignataro and Mary Wiseman's Tilly, like just Discovery knocks it out of the park. But anyways, so Tignataro's in the movie as a helicopter pilot. And she's in all of these scenes, right? And she shares all of the screen time with Dave Bautista. Dave Bautista's never met Tignataro. Oh, my and God. And you might be wondering, how did they share all these scenes? Because originally, Tignataro's character was played by Crystalia. Crystalia, who, of course, has had quite a few allegations against him, you know, just sexual harassment, sexual assault, you know, things like that. So they digitally removed Crystalia from the film and inserted Tignataro. Wow. And she did I... all of her scenes with an acting coach on green screen where they matched the lighting and did and and you cannot tell. Wow. I'm starting to come around on this Snyder guy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Like I st- like don't get me wrong, I'm not gonna start retroactively calling his just god awful filmography not hot garbage. Oh no, he's, he's made it bad movies. Is. It's um, I are, I believe that Army of the Dead is the best film that Scott the that Zack Snyder has ever made. It's, okay, I argue that I Army of the Dead look. is the best movie that Zack Snyder ever made, 
and hmm. I think that. Uh, but to be fair, I thought the Dawn of the Dead previously was probably the best movie he'd made. Um, I never saw the Owls of Gahul movie, so I can't, you know. I speak I love to the it. the Owl movie. I love. Um, I wish it wasn't so long, but I sincerely enjoyed Justice League. Like I completely, sincerely enjoyed that movie, and yeah, that's. I thought it was okay. I, that's I, like, really I enjoyed about it, it, but I wouldn't go so far as to call it good. Um. <laughs> See, maybe it's the fact that I watched it over the course of like three weeks. I like, sat. I didn't really. I I made it through the whole thing, and we we took breaks while watching it, but we watched it all at once. I think purely so I could talk about it on the show. <laughs> Man, it's so so. Army of the Dead is actually surprisingly good. Okay, and it's yeah. you know it's sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's dark. It's um the yeah no it's 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 very tropey, but it's fun tropey. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good. So, you know, make of that what you will, my friends. Army of the Dead. Make, it's it's definitely worth it's have. definitely worth watching since you've already paid for the Netflix subscription. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Like it's you know what I mean. It's like I I wouldn't say that it's much better than Bright, but I enjoyed Bright and I didn't pay extra money for it. <laughs> You know, Orc Cop. Hey, if there had been uh, no Bright, there might not be a Stormwood and Associates. That's I mean, that's fair. true. That's That makes me feel dirty. I still <laughs> wanted, to, I wanted to do an actual play show before we did, before we watched, before I watched Bright, but it might have just been like a standard action movie straight game and not the magic and fantasy elements of Stormwood. Mm-hmm. It's a crazy world, man. It's a crazy world. Go listen Not to crazy enough driving. Oh. But yeah, go listen to Stormwood. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting into some some interesting hijinks lately. Yeah, I think the, the most recent episode was the close of the vampire story. Yeah. <laughs> Which turns out much more much that was such different. a weird okay, so that was such a weird Waited for that story to go. I kept like, cause dice rolls, and then like, you guys, like, it kept never hap, like it kept almost becoming a a fight, and then never getting there. We just wouldn't let well, it turn into a fight scene. It was great. It's because I didn't want to make them fully evil vampires. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted fun vampires. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys went and got to know them. Lunatics. Yeah. All right. That's what we do. Yeah. And if you're interested in how we get to know some vampires, go listen to Stormwood and Associates. It's very fun. More and Associates. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, that's good. All right. Oh, man. I can't wait till they start hearing the next arc. Uh, which I don't know how it's going to end because we haven't recorded the end of that arc yet. Um, mm. All right. The joy of actual play. 
So, with that, I think it's time to move on to the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. Alright, so, for those of you who aren't aware, if this is your first time taking the Nerd and Tie podcast ride, the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is the part of the show where I read a line out of a book, and the challenge to you, the listener, is to guess what the book is. If you guess correctly, you get included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, we put your name on a secret page on the website. I say secret. It's not secret. It's just hard to find. But it's there. We put your name on the website. Two, I read your name aloud every episode. Three, uh, we'll give your mom a high five. We're not going to tell you when we do it. It'll just have happened sometime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't know. All right. Let me make sure I like I feel a cough coming out, so I don't want to like start reading the names and then cough. All right, I think I'm clear. All right, so the the the, the following people are in, currently in the Hall of Awesome. They are Archimide, Zero, Rena Incenti, Cheese McDamio, Christos, Slithery D, Shameless Otaku, the Random Ramblings Man, Core Fan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lilisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cabsy, the Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Christman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. Boom. And your line Who's for this next? episode is. Oh boy, I'm not reading that line. All right, we'll give me a different. <laughs> this was the first and last time I was bullied in middle school. It was also the first and last time I bullied anybody else. If you know what book that's from, go to nerdintet.com slash contact, click on the form form, and tell us and tell us, of course, your name too. Or if you have any other things, we also often will do a mailbag seg- seg- yeah, segment at this part of the show. And uh, This is where I'd open my mailbag if I had one. So, uh, yeah, if you uh, have anything you want to tell us, your hopes, your dreams, your thoughts, your thoughts on Army of the Dead, on MODOK, on Eurovision, on anything we talked about or anything you hope we talk about in the future, go to nerdandtie.com slash contact, fill out the form, and tell us because we want to know what you're thinking we need to know what you're thinking somewhere deep down we've always known i can read your mind really no oh no god no i just i wouldn't want to do that it'd just be this for i feel like for most people it would just be this endless stream of just bad opinions and pornography and frankly, I already have Twitter for that. Now I'm wondering what's going on in your head. Yikes. All right. Bad so with that, it's probably time anyway. to wrap up the show. Uh, I'm Trey Dorn. I'm Nick Izumi. And I'm Ged Proc. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. I keep calling it iTunes. But Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, anywhere else that uh, podcasts are sold. Spotify. Spotify is a thing. We're on that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, subscribe to the show. If you're on that, like things like Apple Podcasts with rate and reviewing, please go rate and review the show. That'll help the show in the algorithm rhythms and move us on up in the world of podcasting. And we'd be it's like so thankful to you, man. Best thing you can do for us. Remember, if you want to support the show financially, you can either sponsor an episode uh, by going to the Sponsor Our Shows link at nerdandtie.com, or you can support our uh, legal fund at gofundme.com slash nerdandtie, or you can support us individually. 
I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-E-G-O-R-N. Nick's got a Patreon at patreon.com slash Nickazumi. And Gen's got uh, stuff for sale on the internet uh, under Ocelot Dude Designs. But what, like, what do you have on sale right now in your store? Um, well, I most recently made some pillows with mushrooms on them. So if you would like a, a mushroom pillow made by me, check out the Etsy store, Ocelot Dude Designs. All right, and remember, we are a part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. There are a lot of other great shows on the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Like, uh, which one should I promote this time, guys? Uh, let's say... Let's Be Legendary is a weekly actual play show uh, set in a Weird West setting um, using D&D 5e. It's, it's, it's a fun show. You should listen to that. Or if you want other actual play shows, you can listen to The Meat Grinder, a limited actual play series, a nine-episode actual play series starring all of us on this show along with Kyle from Stormwood and Associates. And uh, a couple other people, Scott Logan and Krista, who join us as additional players. Uh, the Meat Grinder, a lot of people die. A lot of people die. I don't think anyone died in the most recent episode, but a lot of people die in that show. Shocking. It's on purpose. Or if you want uh, some, you know, characters who actually stick around for multiple episodes and seasons, uh, Stormwood and Associates has been going on for a couple of years, and that uh, stars all of us and, you know, uh, Kyle Johnson. And, uh, yeah, we rotate GM seats, so while I'm running the main story arc, that we have fun side stories GM'd by the other players on the show. And uh, it's it's really fun and neat, and you can find all these shows at nerdandtie.com. Because, you know, in your heart... In your soul, in the places that you are at night when you don't know where you are, who you are, what is going on, what is behind that red door, that that glossy metal red door that you don't remember being there. You don't remember that door ever being there. How is that door there now? Where does it lead to? You must know. You must find out. You must turn that doorknob and open the door to possibilities within your mind, within your heart. And take that bold step into the unknowing nothingness that is the madness of the universe. Also, like, if you could get me some of those sharp cheddar string cheeses while you're in there, that'd be cool. Word. And then, later on, we'll digitally replace you with Tignotaro. No! Nick, say your catchphrase. I'll keep on sparking. In the free world. Yeah. Because if you don't, someone else will. Bum, bum, bum.